Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ahoy, friends. You are listening to the Friday follow-up for the second episode in the Murder of Jody Jones series. We are sans Zach again today. We miss him very much, but we do have a lot to jump into. So let's get into a conversation about that and maybe something else I'd like to talk about for just a moment, if you don't mind, Bob. I just want to point out if what you're going to say is that you want to talk about a non's case that that's Janet's fault. Uh, Thank you for drawing a circle around that. Well, it's not my fault. Listen, everyone, we're recording this on the day that Bob's follow-ups drop uh, as responses to the prosecutor's episodes on Adnan. And uh, and so it just came out today. And so it's fresh in my mind. And I know it's fresh in a lot of people's minds in the YouTube chat. So that's if I if I may, I'm going to turn it back on you and say it's your fault for dropping it on the same day that we record, (laughs) because, of course, our heads are full of that as well as Jody Jones. Yeah, and that's fine because we because this episode of Jody uh, of the series is was just kind of background, and I know we have some questions, but I'm sure it's not a lot of questions. This the episode that's coming this Sunday in the Luke Mitchell and Jody Jones case is much more data driven. Like we're talking, we're we're going to be talking timeline and call logs and witness statements. All that is going to start to come out this Sunday. But so you 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 listened already to the my reply brief episode about the Nisha call. I did. I had a crazy day and I still knew that there was no way I wasn't going to make time to listen to it before I saw you because I just didn't, I didn't feel comfortable not having listened to it in case I had any thoughts or questions. Um, But my main takeaway is that was a badass episode. (laughs) 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 Sorry, sorry to come on here. You know, I like to call you out on your SHIT as well, but uh, I got to give credit where credit's due. It was very, Tight. I mean, I think I will. I will even put it in the context of saying I think the week before you were sort of hindered by the information that they had chosen to speak about in that third episode of theirs, um, uh-huh. and so there was stuff to talk about. But I think you really got into the weeds on timeline stuff and phone calls and just general logic problems that were very concise, and you were just really able to shine a spotlight on that were I, to me were very very compelling. And and I appreciated it very much. Well, I'm glad. I I want I want to touch on a couple things about this. First of all, a lot of people have been asking about uh, a, the crossover episode, the possibility of getting on and having a conversation with yeah. Brett and Alice. Yeah, I, is that? I'm, I'm assuming they're they're going to do it. I don't know. So here's th- this is where that's at. I after Brett and Alice were on True Crime Garage, I sent Brett another message, and that was last Thursday, I think, 
and just said, you know, you know, let, let's go and get this thing scheduled. Let's get, you know, we can we can record it, publish it on both feeds, and just have like a friendly conversation about this stuff. And uh, as of as of right now, I just have to, he's he read it right away, but so he's left me on read since Thursday. So I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, I was told that in their fan group, he's been asking their listeners if he should come on and have a discussion yeah. slash debate with, with with me about it. I I don't know. So as of now, it does not seem like they're leaning that direction. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to keep marching on. And so that's for a lot of the people that are like, well, why are you doing this? And and you know, they feel like it's me. I don't know, trying to be negative about them and their and their work. It's listen. What what's what's very important to me is that the record get be set straight. I also want to make clear I'm not arguing at all about opinions because right. I've had people say that like why can't people have different opinions? They can. Anybody can have different opinions. I don't care what people's opinions are. My problem is that y- you can't have your own facts. The facts have to be accurate, and it does have, as I mentioned, I think last week, uh, it, it could have a profound effect in what happens in real life. The amount, the the public opinion and pressure that could be put on, and I think that Hay deserves to have a real investigation done to figure out who actually killed her. And if if you've now convinced tens of hundreds of thousands of people that are not as guilty now, and now what they have screaming, you know, the Baltimore PD or DA's office have screaming down their throats, or people that are convinced that he's guilty, that pressure goes away, that investigation goes away. And everybody, it, whether you're a listener, whether you're Brett and Alice, anybody, I just want you to be, cl- to be clear, I'm perfectly fine with anybody having your own opinions and your own perspectives, but you don't get your own facts. And that's what the reply briefs are all about. And this week was all about the Nisha call. And obviously, we're not going to go through a long time breaking all that down because I did it there and we aren't planning to. Do it. I, I will tell you this. People, you've, a lot of you have asked, will I be releasing these on the main feed? If they if Brett and Alice do not agree to come on and 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 have a conversation where we can and the reason I want to do that is I want them to have the opportunity if I say hey you said this here's all of the documents that say that's not accurate mm-hmm. what say you now you know yeah. like did you was that an accident is there a reason why you don't think they're relevant let's talk these things through and I would like to do that with a back and forth but if they're not going to do that then I'm going to at some point put these reply brief episodes out onto the main feed because I think the the record needs to be set straight. And we've got a lot of people that are listening to them on Patreon, um, so it's it's getting that way, and a lot of them are taking them out into the real world. But you know, for example, this week was pretty much the entire episode was about the Nisha call and how ridiculous it is to try to claim that that was Jay and Adnan together. J- Janet, now you heard not my opinion, but. Based on all of the facts in the record that was that was that was presented in this episode, how do you feel about the Nisha call? I feel more certain than ever that it was a butt dial. I just wish there was a term we could use that everyone understood. I wish there were a term we could use that everyone understood that would help us under like just recognize that that could even be possible. I wish there was something you know if it were something that happened all the time, we would have a term for it that kind of everyone understood. If it was common and it was common to the era of the cell phones we're talking about, I want, I mean, I just wish if calling it a butt dial, it's like, who's going to know what that is? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Uh, sarcasm received and then appreciated. Obviously, the term butt dial exists because it was something that happened all the time back then, especially with those phones. 
Um, but the, obviously the episode is not just about that. We're, we're getting into the actual facts and timings and how it's literally impossible for that call to be what they said that that call is. You can get all that there. I, we won't dig into it uh, much more than that. But I do want to address one other thing just because I addressed it on here a couple of uh, a couple weeks ago, I think, when um, I think somebody in our chat here or somebody asked a question about if I had known about the rose that was in Hayes' car. And if that had changed my opinion about Adnan's guilt or not. And I'd said in that episode, I'm like, I, like, that was the one thing. I think it was literally the one thing that they presented that I was unaware of. I had no idea that Hay had a rose, a flower in her car. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I appreciated that they brought that up until I found out that there was no rose in her car. I don't know if you, know, if you heard about all of this. Yeah. Yeah. It was the paper and some yeah. like whatever's the detritus that's left after you'd pull the. It wasn't even that. It it, it was paper. So it was it was a uh, uh, floral rose and baby breath floral paper. Uh, what it was is it was paper that had roses and baby breath baby's breath printed on it. There was no flower in it. Oh, ever. Well. As a matter of fact, the evidence tech that collected it and uh-huh. photographed it and processed it uh-huh. was asked in the transcripts. And this is, by the way, this is all Colin Miller that dug all this stuff up because I just took Brett and Alice at their word that there was a rose and tried to figure out what that could mean. Right. And uh, but Colin Miller, of course, then gets out this, the transcripts where the evidence tech is testifying. And, the, and she was asked, can you tell if there had ever been a flower or flowers in that paper? And she said, I can't. I don't know. There was some kind of residue that looks like maybe it came from a rose petal or maybe it came from a flower petal, but I'm not a flower expert. So it couldn't be any more clear, just to set the record straight. The reason I had never heard about there being a flower in Hayes' car is because there was, in fact, not a flower in Hayes' car. Yeah. That was why. What a mess. What a tangly mess that has but come Don't go of this. on the internet arguing about that flower like so many people oh, are doing because no. it didn't exist. Uh, okay. Well, uh, I've been staying off the whatever we call it now. Um, so I don't, I've missed all of Colin's beautiful stuff. Yeah. And for the last like week, last week I went and had like read everything that was, oh gosh. Yeah. Anyway, it would just be so much more fun if this weren't about, you know, a real person's life and the right. killing of another real person and it was just like a place where wonks just you know bickered over yeah. something but that's where it kind of hurts yeah so we'll move on but just know it's it's things like that why i think it's important to do what i'm doing right now is because like that was like that lit the internet on fire that's what everybody and it was because brett had said that his wow moment was when he found out this flower was in the car and and he's you know, and then if you listen to them give their final theories, they all center around this rose in the car and how Adnan was making a final play to try to convince her to take him back and got her a flower and like this this these whole theories were based around this flower that didn't exist. So I'm hoping that they'll do their own reply brief at some point and come out and be like, hey, there's something we got wrong. Maybe they still think he's guilty and that's fine, uh, but certainly it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be uh, based on a flower that was not a flower uh, that didn't exist. Okay. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Well, I am continuing to look forward, very much forward to all of your coverage on that. And um, thanks for doing it. Thanks for doing it. It's yep. helpful. Yeah, it's it's my pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, it's this is not 100% confirmed, but it seems pretty close uh, that if any of you are going to be at Obsessed Fest, I had a conversation today that sounds like I'm going to be doing a panel about this case, uh, doing a presentation about this case at Obsessed Fest. So if you are going, look for that on the agenda because that will be, it looks like, most likely going to be happening. There's no way I'm missing that. There's no way I'm missing that. I don't care what I'm supposed to be doing. (laughs) Don't tell Obsessed Fest I said that. Right. Uh, Right. Uh, So we we should move on. Yeah, let's move on. I don't unless there's anything specific you want to talk about about the reply brief episode, we can move on to the questions about Luke because I know you've got a you've got another podcast to record. So I, I haven't even said yet. Neither one of us said you said we were saying Zach. He's on assignment today. Um, we are without Zach hasn't left us or quit. He's just this is not the beginning of an era or anything like that. This <laughs> yeah. is just like he absolutely could not make last week. And then this week we had to switch things around um, everyone's schedule. Nothing was lining up. And yeah. uh, there is a text thread that you can all feel very comfortable exists that is me really, really unhappy that he's missing two weeks in a row and him being really, really unhappy. And then Bob telling us both, that's not really what's important. We need to get an episode out because we're trying to do some work here. Yeah. So all it is is right now we have it's it's we're busy. Zach's kid, you know, Zach's kids have sports. He's coaching their sports. Bella has sports. We have all this. So it was like right now was the only time. And it wasn't even for our normal full time when at least two of us could be in the room. So we should stop running our gaps about yeah, it. Yeah, but we love you, Zach. We miss you. Come on back. And you know what? If he's going to miss episodes about um, the Jody Jones case, I think these are probably the better ones for him to miss because uh, you're still gathering information. Um, right. We had a very cursory introduction last week. This week, we get a little bit deeper into it. It still remains super fascinating, incredibly tragic. Uh, I, of course, feel horrible. Um, that Jody's life was taken when she was so young, and you really start to paint this picture 
about this community and uh, the people in it and the way people seem to be beginning to respond to what happened and who this prime suspect is. Um, But there are also people who are listening who know the case who are coming to hear your take on it. And so some of the questions that we got or some of the comments that we got in this week's follow up, um, I think it's probably best to skip over just because they are kind of spoilers a little bit. And I don't mean to use uh, such a a casual term for something so serious. But um, in this case, you know, we we probably don't want to get into some of that before you've had a chance to sort of cover it as part of the timeline. Is that fair to say? Yeah. And I noticed that, too. And this is I'll tell you, this is a little overwhelming for me, even like coming into a case that so many people from the UK, our listeners have been studying for 20 years. And I'm it's it's a little it's a little terrifying like when I say something like, you know, something that I'm reading because I'm finding there's a ton of misinformation out there uh, with the resources that I have to to gather information. So and I've definitely had where like, I as an example, in the first kind of when I was kind of introducing the case, I had said that that Luke was obsessed with Marilyn Manson and some people that have studied the case, written about the case, done documentaries about the case were like, uh, that's what the prosecution said. But he did definitely not. He had that movie that he had about Marilyn Manson was from some kind of like like music club or something he Mm. ordered. It like came it like came with something. It Mm. came with this DVD. A couple days after Jody was killed, he didn't order that movie. And they're like, and there was like a torn poster of Marilyn Manson on the wall or something. And they mm-hmm. used that as the whole obsession. So that was part of like what this week, what I was kind of starting to correct a little bit because, you know, you, you read, you read stuff and then you find out that there's way more uh, to the story. And, and in fact, this week, uh, a woman named Donna, um, who writes a blog and I'm sorry, next week, Donna, I will be sure to plug your blog because she has been researching and blogging about this case for a long time. And, uh, she's been emailing with me and helping me with actual like source documents and case material to oh, nice. Thanks, break Donna. down. Yeah. Break down timeline and, uh, and a big shout out to, to Matt Elliott, who, um, is, is he's been a long time listener has always helped out and has helped. Um, uh, he connected me with oh, great work, to Matt. help get some of that stuff. That's great. Um, but anyway, so, but so anyway, the point being. We put this out and there's people that have definitely been studying this case for years that are like, yep, this is interesting. But what about sure the DNA testing and stuff like that that we haven't sure. gotten to yet? So, yeah. So any of that stuff, we'll have to just wait till we get there. So if you're one of those people and you're new here and you're like, hey, I want to talk about all this stuff. Our process is that we, uh, you know, we break down one element at a time and we go super in depth with one element at a time. That's why. You know, it, it, it like last week's episode was was short. This week's episode is going to be, I think, about thirty two minutes or something like that. Because um, the episode that's coming this Sunday is on the timeline from the time Jody got home till her body was found, and so it's like we dig into everything there is for that subject and then put it together. And then the next week we move on to the next thing and we just build on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so so if you're like, why aren't you talking about this stuff yet? Trust me, we're going to get there. Yeah, we just go through it piece by piece, uh, methodically to get there. Yeah, great. Well, I know uh, Joanne had a question that I think um, maybe fits into kind of where we are in understanding the story and the people in it. Um, Joanne says, do we know what Jody and Luke's relationship was like leading up to the time she was murdered? Uh, I wonder what her family thought of Luke. I think you touched on that a little bit. Um, do you want to kind of circle back on that and expound it all? I I, I can't get a clear picture on what her family thought about Luke. So there was. And part of that, what you're going to hear this week is Jody's family has all, they've all given 
lots and lots of statements. Like it's an interesting, it must, things just happen, work differently in the UK than they do here in the States. Like Jody's mother gave 12 statements in the first 30 days of the investigation. And they, a lot of them conflict with each other. Like, and like at one point she's saying one thing and then she says something different. And the next time, you know, we have, you have changing memories and all this stuff going on. And she had said, and and at some point that she knew, and and she'd kind of accepted the fact that Luke and Jody were having sex. There was, of course, the grounding, which is a whole other thing that we're going to talk about this week. The details about that. But then we also, I also, there's also a statement that like Luke had been to their house. It seemed like they were okay with Luke. Jody was at Luke's house a couple of days before, uh, and I think her mom like got her taxi to come back. It seems like there was no issues, but it doesn't seem like the the first time there's any evidence of her family having a problem with Luke was after uh, when there was going to be a memorial service for Jody. And and at that point, seems like based on what the police were telling them, they said they don't want Luke to come to that. But I think prior to that, it was I mean, Luke was a common misconception in this case is that Luke went out and found, found the body by himself. That's not true. He was he was searching with the family he was he was with jody's grandmother her sister and her sister's boyfriend they were all four together looking for jody and of course we know now this ended in tragedy but think about if it just hey somebody hasn't turned up and we need to go find them they were they got along and were close enough surely no one thought she had been murdered right you know it was just they were just hey where's she at do you want some help and then they all you know went together looking for them so my my kind of read on the relationship is that they seem to get along somebody may correct me on that but from what i've understood i know he's been to their house they knew uh jody's mom knew that she was spending time at luke's house they were searching together that night they were communicating and talking on the phone together about that stuff so uh or at least uh yeah text and on the phone that night so uh when they were trying to find jody so it seems like the relationship was was pretty good with luke and jody's family okay I'm starting to get paranoid that um, some of the stuff I was about to read is also something that you haven't gotten to yet um, because I was poking around also and interested in the case. And so I'm going to say this. But um, so uh, Rebecca says, if Luke met Jody's family on the path, he going towards East Houses and the fam heading in the opposite direction. And the grandmother suggested the party retrace Luke's steps, continue in their direction toward New Battle. Luke must have already passed the V shape in the wall or the piece of the wall that's missing once. If that's the case, I wonder why the dog didn't alert on passing that area where Jody was the first time. Do we talk about that yet? We haven't. Um, I will. I'll address it real quick. So I, I get into that specific conversation in detail in Sunday's episode. Okay. But I, I'll just tell you this for now to hold you over. Okay. Luke with with his dog, Mia walked from New Battle to East Houses down the Roanstike path, and they did walk past where Jody was. When, when Luke met with Jody's family, he asked them if they had anything with her scent on it so that he could put the dog into tracking mode. I got it. So, and there's more to it than that, but just so you know, like, so when they went, when he went through the first time, she wasn't tracking because she had nothing to track. Right. He needed a scent, and that was, you know, he was, he was going through to see if he found her, and then when he got to the other side, as the story goes, uh, then he was looking for something to, to put her scent on so she could go look for her. Okay. Okay. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Uh, More general question from Rebecca. What is the appeals process like in the UK? Does Luke have attorneys that you could contact? I don't know about the, he has, he has had several appeals and they've all been denied. I've read through some of the appeals documents. We're going to be getting into those. I I don't, I don't know how it works there because like a lot of the stuff that's been raised on appeal to me seems like in the United, in the States, like that should be a new trial Uh and it, and it, and it wasn't as far as attorneys go. I don't know when we get to, when I get a little further down the road, I may see if any of the, I think they call them solicitors. or attorneys um, may be interested in doing an interview and talking about and talking about the case and filling us in, uh, but I don't know. I haven't attempted to do that yet. I'm still trying trying to wrap my brain around all this. And and then like this week when I was writing this episode, like I had found resources that I thought were were really good to put together the timeline. And then thankfully I like got connected with Donna and and Matt and they're like, no no no, there's here's you know call records and statements and stuff like that to, to piece all together. And I had to kind of reboot. And so I, I feel like I'm juggling right now when I'm trying to write this because I'm, I'm like trying to find information. I'm trying to get source documents. It seems like in Scotland, I don't remember if I said that in the Patreon pre-show or, or on here, but I, it, it just seems like FOIA requests aren't the same as they are here because like this has been a 20 a year old case that, that people are, a lot of people are very, very i don't want to say obsessed but they're very uh, passionate about in in the united states when there's a case like that adnan's case west memphis three cases like that the you know people have foia the documents they have the official case documents and put them all over the internet and uh, that does not seem to be the case with this one Hmm. well uh kelly who's been helping us with um episode structure for some of these non-wrongful conviction kind of this in-between season that we're doing um, is trying to find an attorney that maybe got an exoneration for a client in the UK so we could nice. get into details a little bit more about what that whole process is like. I think that'd be really fascinating and kind of a great component to better understand this case. It would be, even if we don't get to talk to one of Luke's attorneys, I would love to to pick the brain of a solicitor from the UK about the appeals process and how it works and how, because we already know how difficult it is to overturn a conviction in the United States. I, I wonder how much more difficult it is there because there's there's so many different nuances to their system. Mm-hmm. Like e- even the like like sentence length, you know, that it seems like they are at least better than us at prison being intended for rehabilitation and not locking people up and throwing away the key for the rest of their life. Or mm-hmm. 
you know, someone who was convicted of murder may be able to still get out in 20 years and take another shot at life. And I wonder if that like plays into like the appeals, like, listen, you're, you're not going away for life. You're only going away for 20 years, but you're going to sit there the whole 20 years. Right. I, I, I don't know. I'd love to, I'd love to have the answer to those questions. Great. Well, we'll keep working on it. And thank you so much, Kelly, for, uh, for doing that. Have we, have we talked about the condom? No. Okay. Uh, I mentioned it in the first episode briefly. Okay. But we have not gotten into detail about it. Okay. So should we want to pa- press pause on that and come back to it? Yeah. Uh, Valeria in in the YouTube chat, uh, who's from the UK, uh, just said that she, as far as when I was talking about the FOIA and stuff like that, she, said she doesn't think you can even get trial transcripts in the UK, which that explains a lot. That explains why I can't find all these documents because they sounds like you can't get them. Whereas here in the United States, any fully adjudicated case, you can file a FOIA request and, and pretty easily get most of a case file. Sometimes you got to fight for some stuff, but for the most part, all that stuff is public record and it's easy to get a hold of. Okay. Well, believe it or not, um, I just want to shout out Joanne and Rich and Kim um, uh, and Emma um, for your questions and comments, but I think they do fall into the category of we will get there. And so um, you should have another opportunity to to put some of this out there for us in future follow-ups. Um, but we really appreciate your enthusiasm and your interest and, uh, in many cases, your knowledge of the case. It's going to be exciting to talk about this with listeners who, you know, really have have dug in and, and have a lot to contribute. Yeah. So that's it. We're out of questions. <laughs> yeah. Except I just have one quick more thing that I wanted to add um, that was posted by Emily. Uh, Emily says, regarding the Heyman Lee case and the prosecutor's podcast, Bob, you keep saying in follow-up episodes that you're going to talk about Adnan again and that you're sorry to the people that are sick of this case. I think it needs to be said that there is no need to keep apologizing or preface anything because you stated very early on in the Truth and Justice history that this would be a dynamic podcast. New episodes for each season would drop when there were updates on each case. Adnan and Hay were season one, and this case being back in the podcast public eye warrants an update. So to the T&J army, instead of framing the discussion as, oh, sorry, we're still talking about this case, let's frame the discussion as updates to season one. Discussion fatigue is real, but let's remember there still has been no justice for anyone involved. Thank you. That's very good. That's a very good point. I hadn't seen that one on there. And uh, and also, again, thank you for that, for that statement. But also, a lot of it depends on, too, what else we have going on. So like this case, like I know we went into this with 12 questions, but I'm guessing when you just read through them, you found they were like all. Three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were all, they're all about stuff we haven't covered yet. And and just I don't think you clarified that, but what's going on, so Janet has been listening to and studying the case more. Uh and when you do that, it happens to me oh, too. It's dangerous. It gets to dangerous. be tricky to remember which thing you heard in last week's episode and which one was, was coming up. So Yeah. Yeah, the discussion. I knew we were gonna be a little short on questions today, um, which is why a little conversation about the anon case is fine. Great. Uh less than I thought. So so with that being said, I'm not going to, I don't think we should go on and yammer on just to, for the sake of, of putting minutes on a podcast. So we'll go ahead and wrap this thing up for this week. Uh, make sure you tune in on Sunday because Sunday we start getting into the nitty gritty truth and justice type details with the Luke Mitchell and Jody Jones case. Again, we're looking at phone records, witness statements, and building a timeline of the events that happened that day. Super fascinating. And then uh, I'm sure that'll generate a lot, obviously a lot more questions next week. So make sure you tune into that. But for now, we're not going to leave you guys hanging out here all day just listening to us yammer for the sake of us yammering. Uh, if only Zach was here, he'd have something to say. That's right. I think he would probably say, thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.
Right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. is an NBI Studios production. All music for the show is created and composed by Shane Yoder at PutThemInASong.com. The font you see on all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com designed, created, manages, and maintains our website, Truth and Justice Pod, where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. Thank you to our volunteer transcription team, Pamela Westby, Kathy McElhaney, Courtney Wimberly, Erica Cantor, Melissa Cardenas, Kay Wood-Yomnik, and Danielle Rohr. And as always, thank you to all of you for your engagement and your support. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that in a number of ways. The number one way for you to support our work is to become a patron at patreon.com slash truthandjustice. If you join our Patreon, not only will you be financially supporting our work, but you'll also get something for your pledge. For just $5 per month, you'll get all episodes ad-free and also a video version of the Friday follow-ups that include an hour-long pre-show chat exclusive to our patrons. Other levels will get you a Truth and Justice Army t-shirt, Truth and Justice hats, and even the opportunity to co-host a Friday follow-up episode. Just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice to sign up. You can also help us out by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review doesn't cost you a penny and it goes a long way towards making the show more visible if you have a case that you'd like us to consider covering you can submit your cases on our website truthandjusticepod.com just click on the case submission button and fill out the form and the most important thing that you can do is engage in our investigations you can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com you can like our facebook page follow us on instagram or join in on the conversation on the truth and justice podcast fans page for all of you tweeters out there, you can connect with us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod. To follow our personal accounts on social media, I can be found at Bob Ruff Truth. Janet can be found at Janet Varney. And Zach is at Z to the Q. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, we're signing off. I'm Bob Ruff. I'm Zach Weaver. And I'm Janet Varney. And this has been Truth and Justice.